Hello, friends, and welcome. I'm Fiorelise. And I'm Joe, and this is the Esoterics Podcast. So, hi, Fiora. How are you? I'm good, good. I'm excited to be here today. Yeah. yeah, we have a fun thing going on. We have a fun episode today. Yes. So today, we are going to talk to our special guest, Alyssa, and she's going to tell us about reading and interpreting animal energy from an energetic and emphatic perspective. Yes. The woo perspective too. Uh, we'll get into the woo perspective. The woo perspective. And um, um, yeah, all that fun stuff. So here's our conversation with Alyssa. All right. Today we're sitting down for a conversation with Alyssa. She is an RVT, a registered vet technician. And today she's here to talk to us about animal communication. Hi, Alyssa. Welcome. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. Thank you for joining us. What a fun topic um, to explore. I'm excited to get into this. I'm excited you're excited. I love this topic. (laughs) (laughs) So I wanted to ask you, so how did you get started with communicating with animals? It was something that I always did and my mom knew I always did. So my mom always wanted me to be a veterinarian. And my whole childhood, I'm not going to be a doctor. I don't want to be a doctor. I don't want that responsibility. No, thank you. And then mm-hmm. um, when I was 15, I found out what an RVT was. And I was like, oh, I could I could be a nurse for animals. I'm down for that. That's, <laughs> that's still really cool, but, you know, a little less responsibility. So, um, um, yeah, it's just been a part of who I am since I was a, a, little, a little one. Very cool. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, so tell us a little bit about like, um, yeah, where do you just tell us about it? Start someplace and fill us okay. in on the good stuff. Um, so when I was really young, when uh, my mom was like discovering this about me and stuff, it really honestly started with like the neighborhood cats. <laughs> I'd be playing oh. outside and um, they're the same way with my mom. They just come over and hang out. We'd be outside in the backyard or gardening or whatever. And there's multiple cats hanging out and uh, like little dogs running around. Like we would just always, um, we always had them around, even though they weren't ours, didn't belong to us. Um, mm-hmm. We always took care of them and gave them food and stuff. Aww. They found that they found their way to you. Totally. Totally. And anytime I'd go to somebody's house that had dogs, like best friends immediately, like I'll, I'll see you humans later. I'm hanging out with the dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and my, both of my parents have large animal backgrounds. My dad's family are dairy farmers in Wisconsin. So I spent a lot of time around cattle and they're seriously fun. They're like big dogs. They're hilarious. (laughs) A lot of personality. Um, and then my mom's family, they're horse ranchers in Washington state. So, uh, the large animals are, are, they really are like the gentle beasts that people say. Oh, yes. Mm. That's so cool. So you were like a Dr. Doolittle attracting the animals. Could you- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Except for the birds. Those are the ones that we don't really hang out. <laughs> like, yeah. I have a crow story someplace that's just yeah, birds. Yeah. Birds. Of yeah. I agree. So when when you would hang out with animals and, and all this, were there times where you would find that they were giving you a message or how, how did that work? Sometimes, sometimes they would let me know that like they weren't well, they weren't doing good and um, things like that. And oh. I think that that's ultimately what led me into um, what I do for a living, taking care of them in a medical setting. Um, it's just easy for me to, to have that communication back and forth with them and uh-huh. not like a direct, this is what's wrong, but like I can figure out symptoms pretty yeah. easily for these guys. What was the energy like when they let you know? It's almost like energy is color for me, really. Uh, um, I okay. kind of yeah. get a sense of um, of how they're feeling with, like, an idea of a color will just kind of pass through my mind. Um, and, like, darker energy, heavy energy is when they're not feeling well. And if it's, like, something that's more acute and not um, chronic, it'll be more like, like a red feeling. <sighs> than- mm. A lot of empaths see energy um, in color. Yeah, mm-hmm. very cool gift or ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. something that I'll do um, with scared animals in the veterinary setting. Um, I can kind of have you have you heard of kind of coating yourself in a protective energy of light? Yeah. In like, general, when you're around like spirits or something, you don't want <laughs> to be yeah. fucked with. Yeah. Um, so I yeah. kind of do that, mm-hmm. but in reverse with animals, I'll kind of coat myself in this like like gentle, loving, purple, shimmery light. And I'll kind of coat my surrounding area, including that animal in it, 
and kind of give them that energy to share with me and like, let them know like, Hey, this is, this is what I'm here for, for you. Like, I'm just going to give you this gentle embrace and maybe I'm not holding you yet. Maybe I'm not touching you yet, but if I reach out for you, I promise it's going to be gentle and it's going to be safe. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Very that cool. is that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So you're aware, acutely aware of communicating with them energetically from the very first moment that they come into your care. Well, and even even just in my um my like acknowledgement of them in my areas. Like if you come home from work or go into a friend's house and there's an animal there in that room, obviously you need to immediately say hello. How you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, what's up? Mm-hmm. Um and if you don't, then there's immediately a disconnect between Aww. you and that animal. And then that animal just knows that like, they're nothing to you. Like <sighs> they, that you don't see them and that they don't like matter. And on an energetic level. Yeah. Mm, oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. My, my sister's dog's not like, no. <laughs> if you ignore him, if you walk into the room and fail to acknowledge him, he barks at you. <laughs> He has a special little bark. He's a smaller dog. Uh-huh. But he has a special bark where if you did not acknowledge him, like, hello, how dare you? Uh-huh. I'm here. You know, yeah. say hi to me. Yeah. And there, and that's the more extroverted dog. That's, that's yeah, that's my kind of dog. <laughs> so what about the, the, like the trainers that say, like, Hollis is a jumper. So they tell me, like, don't, when, when new people come in, don't acknowledge him. Well, it, mm-hmm. it not only does it, it, it really like hurts Hollis, but the human has more trouble with it than the dog does. And I'm they just, do. and they we don't do. listen more than the dog. Well, what you got to do is let them each say a quick hello. And then the ignoring has to start. The person that is ignoring the person has to tell the dog when you calm down. And that's the thing is um, dogs and animals, they all, they all know key words in the human language, whichever language mm-hmm. people are speaking, Spanish, English, whatever, um, whatever they're aware of the most around people speaking around them, they pick up on words like calm down um, or quiet or settle. Settle is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Settle. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a gentle word. It has two syllables. It's not a fast, sharp sit. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I like settle. It's a oh. gentle word, and you can I do too. You can request it from them, and mm-hmm. and if they don't answer, then they don't get the attention. Right, and I oh. can say that to myself too when I get <laughs> like okay, <laughs> Joanna, settle. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's almost one to five. You don't have to have all the patience to five. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. That's what, I really like that. I like that word, and that's good. So it, it, let him come in, have the person say hello, um, and then settle, and then mm-hmm. ignore them until he settles. Yeah, and if okay. he never gets to try off that first one, then that's his fault. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he eventually turns into a big lump, but yeah. <laughs> so what about cats? How are cats different maybe than dogs? Because they're, they're I think different. their energies are different. They're so different. I love cats. Um, I love cats and dogs. People ask me if I'm a cat or a dog person. I, I literally cannot. I have one of each and they're my kids. I <laughs> love them. Um, so cats, cats are really special. I feel like there's even more of a range of personality in cats than there are in dogs. And most mm. people don't know that because more dogs are extroverted than cats are extroverted. Yeah. yeah. So most people think of dogs as either extroverted or shy and there's ranges, mm-hmm. you know, there are definitely ranges in there, but in the cats, there's more, um, there are more degrees between those, those contrasts. Mm-hmm. And a lot of cats are like a one person cat or a one family cat. But then you have cats like mine, who's like a little dog and he's very social and he enjoys going to the vet clinic to work with me and saying hi to all my coworkers and climbing. He leapt from my chest to my doctor's chest. <laughs> to get me. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, There's okay, hey, what's up? They're really expert at cats out there. But um, a lot of, a lot of cats are just not like that. They're, they're gentle, quiet creatures who need a lot of alone time. And that's totally fine. As long as they're humans, like know that it's nothing personal. That's just the kind of cat you have. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they'll come out and say hi when they want to and, mm-hmm. and do their little activities that they like with you. I don't know yeah. if they like chasing a string or whatever, you know? Yeah. 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 Fj- Fjord, you, you don't have cats, do you? I no. don't. Most of most of us are super allergic oh. to them, but I I love cats too. Yeah. Though my my best friend had a cat named Runner, and he used to sneak into my backpack. Oh. 
and and he would try to come home. With me. <laughs> they're funny. Be a runner. Cats are so funny. They like to play and they play games. Like they do. They hide yes. and they like ambush. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> they're funny. Yeah. Love cats. Yeah. I want. I want a cat, but I can't with Hollis. But maybe someday. I promised my kitty um, that he can be the only kitty until he passes. He hates other cats. Oh, he likes, oh. He likes dogs, but he does not like cats. Oh. He's a little dog. Hmm. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's sweet. So, um, okay. So you mentioned that there sometimes they, you read their energy with color. Um, how else do you do you communicate or do you pick up on communication signs that they're sending out? A lot of it is body language from the animal. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't. Animals don't vocally speak as much as humans. They do, of course, mm-hmm. um, like my dog whining right now because she wants to be let in, but then she's going to cry to be let out. So she can cry. I know what she wants. I know what she's saying to me. And I'm saying no by not answering my door. That's fine. <laughs> but most of the time, <laughs> most of the time it's um, which way is their body facing? How are their shoulders um... hunched? What is their tail doing? Even a cat, if, if that tail is flicking or swishing, they're irritated. Something's they're not happy about. Um, but, and for a dog, too. It depends on how that tail is wagging. A, a tail wag is not always a happy wag. Right. Um, right. If they're anxious, yeah. um, they'll have more of like an upright position to their tail and it'll be like a faster wag. Um, a really low, slow wag is a very content, happy dog. It's just chilling, huh. happy to be wherever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So a lot of it is um, eye positioning, too, with them. If If they're looking like up at you with a more hooded eye they're still afraid if they're like if their ears are soft and they're looking up at you they're just they're happy they're happy to see you (laughs) they're ready for love they're ready for a snack whatever whatever you're there for Mm -hmm. um and ears ear positioning on cats especially is a lot um you can you can tell a lot by what a cat's ears are doing how they're feeling very cool body language but so what else what other are there more like the way that they tilt their head because whenever they like whenever hollis is <laughs> what is he doing when he's doing that you know like back and forth back so and forth it's cute that, they're not trying to communicate anything they're trying to understand it's the cutest thing ever they're they're like reacting to their environment and their surroundings in that moment every head tilt is a more like what what <laughs> <laughs> yes and it's so cute too all right it's so, so so yeah. do I just keep repeating myself? I mean, I'm not, t- I'm not, it's usually, you know, I'm just saying, Hey buddy, it, you know, what's going on? You're just saying hi. Yeah. And he's doing that. Yeah. Then yeah. You guys are just having your own fun. dumb conversation. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my dogs, I know I've heard that like, supposedly when dogs do something wrong, they don't remember mm-hmm. that they forget. It's not that they um, forget they but, did it. It's that they don't know what was wrong. Oh, okay. So then, so then the person gets home and they're like, Oh my God, you peed on my couch. Why did you pee on my couch? And then that dog is like, Oh my God, mom's yelling at me. Why? Why is mom yelling at me? Oh my God. She sounds really mad. Holy crap. Why is mom mad? And there is no connection to I peed on the couch. Mom's mad. Huh? Okay. Because my dogs, I come home and I don't, I don't know what they've done. I have no idea. I just find them cowering in my bed (laughs) and they're just like shaking and they don't do it every time I come home. They only do it when they, they've peed somewhere. I don't know where that somewhere is. And oh my gosh, how funny. They rat themselves they, out. Like <laughs> maybe they maybe they've associated the smell of their pee in your house with your reaction. <gasps> sure. Oh, that's there's yeah. a good one that I've never thought of. Okay. That would make but sense. like, okay. Now, when I come home and Hollis has gotten into the garbage, which is a very rare occurrence, he knows damn well what he did. So when I'm like picking up a piece of, you know, whatever, milk carton, and I'm like, who did this? He's like, he knows damn well who did it. <laughs> he knows it was him. He just didn't know it was wrong. He yeah, knows. and now you're holding it and yelling. So now he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> I fully <laughs> believe he knows it's wrong. <laughs> I don't trust him. Um, so you're, so you say there's, it's better to not scold them when, unless you catch them doing yeah, it. Yeah. 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 And if, if is this something like, do they have an option of going outside and they're choosing not to use that option? Yep. Yeah, that's yep. stubbornness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my dog uh, yeah. that every once They have a little doggy door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my dogs have a doggy door. And then my husband yells at them. He's like, I cut a hole in the wall for you <laughs> assholes. 
And you still do this. Still do it. I mean, that's the that's the crazy part. Like you have access. What is the problem? Or when they come back in um, from going outside and then you know crap by the door. It's like what what was wrong with the other side of the door? The outside (laughs) part of the door. Yeah, that's the part where I wish uh, communication was like actual words. Mm -hmm. Yeah, next lifetime. I'll I'll just update for next lifetime. So normally the way that you use your animal communication ability now, is it mostly just in, in the work environment? It, mostly, yes. But uh, I do use it a lot with my pets and particularly with my boyfriend trying to um, teach him like, hey, this is what they're saying right now. Uh, your communication, uh-huh. you guys just are not on the same wavelength right now. Like, let me help you get there. Um, uh-huh. And then trying to help him like outsmart our dog Uh (laughs) for certain things you know yeah like having consistent rules she's not very smart so she needs consistent rules because if you break it once well then it's not a rule anymore (laughs) so have you have you had these abilities i mean i know we talked about when you were younger but have you had other abilities like can you can you sense the same in people because energy is energy. And even though the tells are different in animals and humans, it's also empaths also learn the tells in others. Yeah. So it's not the same way with humans as it is with animals. Um, With humans, I'm more of that true energetic empath where I feel in my body, whatever's happening with that other person. Uh If I walk into a room, um, I know exactly what is going on in that room. Right. And the energy is like heavy or whatever. I'm going to be a much quieter version of who I am. I'm going to just keep to myself and not push around water. That's already angry (laughs) and kind of stay out of the Mm -hmm. way. Um, But yeah, definitely, definitely with humans too. Can you see colors with humans? No, no. It's just a feeling. It's just my body knows. And it, it kind of connects to like not being able to um, like watch gory movies or anything because I feel whatever's happening on the screen like in my body. I can't mm. handle it. Would, I mean, I'm, that's cool, but I'm not, I wouldn't want to, that's, but that's not cool. Yeah, I can't do it. It's a not fun. A lot of empaths, a lot of empaths say this. Yeah. yeah they that they can't watch. Yeah. Mm-mm. No. Can you watch like scary stuff and gory stuff? Oh no, you can't watch gory stuff. No. I can't. No, I can't. I, I end up having dreams about it. Is my problem. That's yeah. the other thing too, is that whatever like jolts my nervous system throughout the day shows mm-hmm. up in my dreams. Oh, yep, exactly. isn't that the, the scarier, the gorier, the better. It, yeah. Oh, I <laughs> love that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> It's weird. It for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Ever since I was little too. But... Yeah. You must have that part to shut off. Like, you know, it just doesn't, oh, it doesn't go anywhere. It is my seven. Sevens can compartmentalize. Sevens. It's my birthday seven. Yep. Ah, see, there's some insight there. We figured it out. Um, all right. What about like bonding? Um, how do you, what about bonding with animals? Like what can you tell us about bonding? Like if you get a new animal or a new pet or something? Yeah. That's one of my favorite things. Um, yeah, yay. has to be, has to be all on the animals timing and saying and whatever that animal is open for. Um, I think especially if you're adopting an older animal, you need to give it as much space as it wants. Like definitely like when you walk in the room, say hi and talk to it and, when you are leaving the room, like, say, I'm going to go to the kitchen, make myself some food. You can come hang out if you want to, or, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm that person that is constantly talking to my animals. Um, nice. I like, like it though. If I go to somebody's house, they know where I am because I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so with a puppy or a kitten, they're going to want all of your time and your attention. Mm. So you kind of mm-hmm. need to be aware of what kind of pet you're bonding with. Yeah. And and if you know the history of that pet or not. Um, so like Fiora said, her bird does not appreciate men. A lot of dogs yeah. don't appreciate men or cats that are older and end up in shelters because men get loud when they get angry. And that's scary. Um, and it, and it kind of traumatizes a lot of pets. So that's a really common one for mm-hmm. animals not to mm-hmm. like men. And if that's the case and you have men in your family, that that man just has to be okay with giving it a little more space and everybody else. And eventually, hopefully that animal come around. And if not, then that might not be the best fit, like fit for that, that family, which is a hard thing to come to, but yeah. that happens. 
people try to to bond with an animal and every once in a while it's not the right fit Mm. how long does it typically take to figure that out uh for me i've only had to like give back a few animals in my life and i figured it out over like a month or two like i give it i give it enough time to tell me if it's really bad or not Mm -hmm. um and if it's not really Mm -hmm. bad like um, I had my last kitty, um, her and my current cat lived together for eight years. Mm. And at the end, they still didn't always love each other, but mm-hmm. it was, it was never brutal. It was never, um, I needed to take them to the vet to have surgery because they effed each other up or anything. Oh, like they yeah. never fought like that. Oh, yeah. So I kept this second cat because there was no way it was ever going to get another home. It was 11 oh, when no. I adopted her. Yeah. And she was a black cat. There was with kidney disease. There was no oh, way she was going to no. get another home. So, um, yeah. with her, I, I kept her the entire eight years, even though she didn't completely get along with my other cat all the time. I just gave them their space when they needed it, closed doors in between them. That's totally fine. If you get a few hours in this bedroom by yourself to chill out and then join the family later when you want to be a little bit of a nicer kitty mm-hmm. uh, and not hiss and swat, you know. <laughs> I'd be like, screw cats, it. But... I'm in it for the night. <laughs> Well, and I've had other uh, other cats that I've tried to give a home to that um, did make my other kitty need to go to the vet and oh. Oh. so like there's lines, you know, yeah. and and if sure. there is a line is crossed in your home that you're just not okay with with a pet, then it's time to try to find a better home for that pet. Yeah, and you yeah, have to yeah. be okay with you not being the right the right place for that pet. Yeah, yeah. Does that happen more um, with shelter adaptions versus like? adoptions from a very young i mean from from like a, a like a brand new kitten or a puppy or, yeah or a bird or... well i'll say yes overall yes but there are a lot of um puppy or kitten adoptions that get returned because people don't understand what a huge responsibility is it's a baby right it's yeah. a baby it's just not a human mm-hmm. and it needs mm-hmm. all the same things that that human baby needs and and people a lot of times aren't um mentally prepared for that their lifestyle isn't prepared for that and it's a lot of work to mm-hmm. train an animal where to go potty and mm-hmm. acceptable house behavior for that person. Because everybody has different house rules for their pets, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. in order to get that pet to understand, it takes that consistency and showing up every day and asking the same things of it every day. Yeah. So it takes a lot of time. And, and puppies and kittens, some are fast learners and some are not. Mm-hmm. There's a reason mm-hmm. we work with labs and guide and uh, goldens at guide dogs. Yes. Do, do you want to talk about that? Do you want to talk about that organization sure. and what you do? And all yeah. That yeah. Uh, guide dogs for the blind is a nonprofit guide dog leading school for blind people in um, all of Canada and all of America. Our headquarters are in San Rafael where I work and we do um, our own breeding program. So we know all the like, medical history of our colony. Um, We do sometimes like trade dogs with other corporations, other organizations out there that do guide dog schools just to like mix Mm -hmm. up the gene pool sometimes. Oh yeah. Sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's really amazing. We, um, we have people come to San Rafael. We have dormitories that they live in for two weeks. Uh, We feed them, we do their laundry. We do all their training with their dog for two weeks and then okay. by the end of the two weeks, we have a graduation. And now we call them like a graduated team. So it's that graduate and their guide. Sure. Okay. And then they have this new dog. This new dog that we pay for everything that's, they need for their entire lives. That's awesome. All their that's vet amazing. bills. Like we cover everything. Wow. So how long does it take to get the dog ready for that two-week process? Um. So we actually, we, we pride ourselves on training our puppies from day one. We, um, okay. we flip them different directions, upside down, get them used to different noises. We, we have them in a building called the puppy center with their mamas and they have fireworks going on, doorbells, cats meowing, all kinds of noises and stuff. They have different surfaces in their little mm. pools that they live in when oh they're big God. enough to be in their pens and not in a pool. Then they have more sensory stuff going on. Oh, um, yeah, I want to go guess- there and play with them. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, so they're on campus in the puppy center until they're six to eight weeks old. And then they go out into the world. Um, anywhere in America, we have what we call puppy raisers. People volunteer okay. to take one of our puppies uh, at eight weeks old and 
trained their basics and know the difference between when your vest is on and you're working versus not in your vest. So you can just be a pet. Um, they have them until they're like 18 months old ish. And then, uh, they come back to campus and, um, we do what we call in for training IFTs. We do a physical exam and then we sedate them so we can do full body x-rays, lab work, uh, vaccines, nails, ears, whatever they need, everything. Sure. Um, and then we determine like which ones we're going to keep for our breeding colony, uh, which ones we're going to keep for our training. And then if they make okay. it into the training program, it's, uh, gosh, four months, I think four months of training with our trainers. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's not actually too long. That's yeah. They're about two, amazing. two and a half or so when they, when they go to a person. Wow. Yeah. Do people have a hard time bringing them back? I mean, they're probably obligated, but um, do, is it hard for the human to give up this dog? A lot of times they don't have to. So oh. when, whenever the dog um, is too old to guide anymore, um, sometimes that person is able to adopt them. A lot of times they're not. There are a lot of uh, visually impaired people that are living in apartments and they can't have multiple big dogs and whatnot. But a lot of times a family member of theirs will adopt the dog. So it stays in the family and then they get, they oh. get to still keep that relationship with that pet. That is so cool. Yeah. And, and when they're retired, we still continue to pay for all their vet care and everything. Like we, we take care wow. of these dogs their whole lives. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. Like a I wonderful organization. Uh-huh. That's very cool. How did you find this organization or just, <laughs> you went to school uh, and then yeah. lucked well, into so this? I actually found out about it while I was in school. One of my very best friends, Hey Cindy, um, she, <laughs> she Hi, Cindy. was a puppy raiser <laughs> and her parents were breeder custodians um, when we were growing up and I've known her for about 20 years now. And she had a puppy she was raising in high school with us. So, um, oh. obviously like, hi, you're one of my best friends. <laughs> right? uh, so she eventually became what we call the CFR, a community field representative, um, for guide dogs to the blind. So she is in charge of the puppy raisers in a big part of California. So she'll like give them support and guidance and help them do a good job at what they're doing. Um, so she told me that, Hey, San Rafael needs an RVT and it would be an awesome job. Like only the nicest (laughs) dogs in the world get to be guide dogs and you could be a nurse for guide dogs. And I was like, Oh my gosh, dude. Like at the time, like I really, really loved my general practice job that I had. Um, but Mm -hmm. what really like pushed me over into applying and accepting this position was, it's really physically demanding to be an RVT. It's really, um, it's a lot of work on your body. It's a lot of stress on your body. And because I was the best with the fearful animals, I worked with all of the fearful animals and therefore had a higher rate of getting bit at work. Oh no, 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 no. Yeah. So, so this is like, it's the jackpot of RVT positions. There's no better RVT position out there than what I work. I'm extremely lucky to have my job. I I work with the best dogs in the world. Like I can't, (sighs) I can't complain. Aww. I just wish I looked a little closer to San Rafael, but maybe someday. Yeah, is it a long commute? Yeah. I mean, Bay Area traffic is, it's oh, just yeah. horrendous. It's horrible. Yeah. Oh. All yeah. right. Manifest that. So, Manifest yeah, that. Working yeah. on it. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned it was basically your friend. So I know you had some tips on what we can do when we maybe meet our a pet yeah. some of our friends pets yeah um well first of all i know we talked about the animal's body language and what they might be saying to us but equally important is what our body language is saying to them and a lot mm. of humans don't um think about this like at all when they're around animals because mm. <laughs> like a lot of a lot of people just see animals on a different like level than humans yeah. i don't just because that's yeah. where i'm at <laughs> they're my life they're they're everything to me Um, yeah and a lot of people don't even pick up on their own body language just human to human let alone human to god right exactly yes so um a little bit different than body language is body positioning and that's what everything needs to start from uh the position of your body is basically which way is your torso and your head facing so if i'm if i'm meeting um if i'm meeting my friend's dog my friend is like dude this dog is a one person dog. I'm like, it's going to be wary of you. It's going to be afraid. It's going to be nervous. I'm not going to mm-hmm. walk into that room and directly face that animal. I'm going to make sure okay. I have like the side of my body facing that animal at all times. And if that animal wants to like skirt by me, like go ahead, I'm just going to keep 
the kind of back end towards you or the mm-hmm. side of me towards you. Your full okay. on front can be very aggressive to a scared animal. Okay. Oh, yeah. And in, in human world, we're taught to look at the person you're speaking to, face the person you're speaking to because it's out of respect. In the animal world, it's not respect. It's uh, like self-assurance. And, mm-hmm. and if that animal is afraid, you being super self-assured is saying, hey, I'm the predator without, without uh-huh. saying it. And you have no idea. And it's and literally just the way your body is facing. So even like mm-hmm. if, if you're facing away from the animal that's afraid and you want to talk to it, don't turn your head and talk to it. It's going to know you're speaking to it, if, even if you don't like turn and face and look. Because um, huh. that animal, if it's wary, all of its radar is on you. All of its attention is on you. Mm-hmm. It's wondering yeah. what you're doing, what you're thinking, and why your shoulder just twitched. <laughs> and you don't even know your shoulder did that. So um, so once you're, you have that figured out, let's just keep going with the theme of this animal is wary and scared. If this animal mm-hmm. kind of like relaxes a little bit and its shoulders drop a little bit and his ears are not quite pointed towards you in alert anymore, um, you can kind of start to face a little bit towards, but not fully. And what I like to do first is kind of drop down um, towards the ground, like bend my knees, but not my torso so that I'm Mm -hmm. still like upright, but I'm lower so that if they want to come down, I'm not towering over them so much Uh, anymore. And then instead of like reaching a hand towards them, just kind of put one down towards your side, whichever Mm -hmm. side that animal is closer to, just put it down Mm. and it's, it's less aggressive and more of an offering. Mm -hmm. And oh, if the animal's God. receptive to all of this, it won't leave. <laughs> if mm-hmm. it if it's uncomfortable, sure. you might hear a growl. You might hear um, maybe a little yip if you really surprise them if you drop down too fast. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah. but never never scold an animal that's doing those things mm-hmm. because it is communicating. It is telling you, hey, you're kind of crossing one of my boundaries. I'm not so sure about this. I don't feel safe. And if you take mm-hmm. away the voice of that animal telling you, I don't feel safe, well, then it's just going to repress it until it bites because it, it's not allowed to tell you so now i'm just gonna i have to react when i have no other choice and you can you Got can it. take that away by giving them the option to have their voice so you always mm-hmm. have to you just have to let it be like the animal makes the rules whenever you're meeting an animal especially a wary one uh, so, if, okay. so if it does growl a little bit instead of scolding just stand up take mm-hmm. away that threat that you gave it that you didn't mean to be threatening by getting mm-hmm. down a little more close to its level um, and the reason yeah. I say not to like lean over when you go down with your knees is if you get all the way down, like all fours on the ground, now you're like winding up to attack because now you're completely on its level <laughs> right. and that can be okay. very scary for them. I see. Yeah. So Fiora, when honey is barking, <laughs> does that mean you can't tell her to stop barking? Yeah, like- why is she barking though? She's barking at me. She barked. She she was a cold thaw, and we'd make friends. And then five minutes later, I'd leave the room and come back. And then all of a sudden, I'm the asshole again. (laughs) And I think with her, she's she she is she's like that with new people. Just anytime someone's new, Mm -hmm. she just that's what what I've learned though is, and I told my kids this is like when she's barking, don't start yelling at her because now she thinks you're barking. (laughs) You're escalating the situation. Absolutely correct. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Because now this now this dog has its little tiny humans in its pack, and we're all doing the same thing. Uh We're all we're all barking now. Yay. We made friends like the last day, I think, but I had to pick her up like twice. Yeah. I had to pick her up and coo yeah. twice. And then oh she was gosh. like, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she thinks she's a baby. You, she lets you pick her up and swaddle her, and she's just like, Fine. Like, I'm a baby. Oh my gosh. That's great. <laughs> Listen, all these techniques that you have are fantastic and amazing, but um, it's, it's how do you, like, for me, it's like, but. I've always done it this way. Do you know what I mean? Or, or I have all these terrible habits, you know, when it comes to animals, um, you know, how do you, how how do you deal with that with, with people that are um, like adopting the animals or um, are they trained as well? I'm lucky now that I never have to deal with that because uh, guide dogs belongs to our organization. So these people that have our animals have to do what we say. It's just the way it is. You have our animal. Um, But when, before I worked for guide dogs, uh, when I was just in general practice, it just comes down to coaching. It just, you can only do so much. And you, as long as you don't think that that animal is being absolutely harmed, 
you have to, you have to let it be and you have to come to peace with that. And there was a lot of heartbreak in general practice and a lot mm-hmm. of things that made me unhappy, um, in a lot of the parent and pet relationships. And there's, there's not much that you can do about it as an employee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not your place. I think people have to remember that at the end of the day, it's still just because it's a pet doesn't mean that it's not an energetic relationship. Right. Exactly. And as much as you're going to train your dog, you're also training, you have to train yourself mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. be able to have this relationship with, with this mm-hmm. pet. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's what we're trying to work on with our bird. Oh, yeah. Birds are a different story. They have their own. What I found, what what I have found with the bird, much like most, most other, every other dog I've ever had, they're very, he's very food, you know, motivated. So you can very easily win him over if you just give him a snack, Mm -hmm. give him, give him, put put something, if something is in his mouth, he can't bite you. I gave him raisins and almonds and cranberries all weekend. And he and he didn't he bite did you at that point. You know, oh he did not. No, he did not bite me when I was giving him food. Nope. No. Yeah. He's, he's a so cute bird. Oh my god, he's so freaking cute. What colors he's is he? Beautiful, but he's green, uh, orange, yellow, and white. Pretty. Yeah, he's really pretty. Yeah. He's really pretty. Um, yeah. So d- does do your abilities because these abilities obviously we're going to go into the soul blueprint sort of portion Mm -hmm. of this so you have these abilities to connect with animals um in a way that maybe some people don't right okay you can read you can see colors all of these things so have those translated i know i asked about you know seeing colors in humans but do those do you also notice that 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 because of those and because you work with those every day all day long that your psychic or intuitive or empathic abilities are heightened in your personal human relationships do do are you a medium do you see spirits are you a channel like how have yours manifested when i was younger i definitely saw um the spirit of my mom's dog that we had when i was a baby her name was jenny she was this little scruffy dog um i saw her around the house and um when I got a little bit older, I stopped seeing her, but my younger sister would play with her <laughs> after I couldn't see her anymore. <laughs> um, but for, for like human entities and human spirits and stuff, I actually am more aware of them than most humans are. Um, and I don't know if I'm just, my third eye is more open than a lot of people. Sure. You use it every but... day. It's strong. It's strong and yeah, exercised yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very aware of spirits and I'm very um, practiced in like shielding my energy mm-hmm. and like keeping myself safe. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm totally fine being somewhere that has spirits as long as they respect the boundaries I'm putting up. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying don't talk to me. I'm not saying leave me alone. I'm saying I only accept positive energy here. Mm-hmm. I don't accept any of these negative vibes, any of these low vibes, any of these, you want to scare me vibes. No, thank you. You can go. Yeah. Stay over there in your corner where I Mm -hmm. cannot see you because I'm choosing not to see you because you're ugly and I don't like your energy. (laughs) Have you ever been, have you ever seen like a low, like I personally have never seen a low vibrational energy. Like I, I just, I don't, I don't see them. I don't feel them, see them. Um, Not evil or like mean spirited energies. I saw a really mean spirited one uh, in my vet tech school, actually. And um, it was the same, the same thing that like my best friend in tech school at the time could see. And she didn't know that I could also see it at first. Um, And where I went to school for vet tech stuff was up in Los Altos. So it's in the hills, it's in the mountains and the area of campus that uh, our vet tech lab was was the lowest part geographically. Oh, interesting. Oh, so I don't. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. It felt like it because it just felt like the energy got heavy and deep yeah, yeah, in yeah. there, like not in a great way. Sure. Um, and we had twenty four seven access to this vet tech lab. Like we had animals that lived on school. We were in charge of taking care of goats, a horse, rabbits, cats, and dogs and mice that lived on our campus. Um, and if we wanted to go in there and study, we had our skeletons and everything for anatomy studying. Um, so Mia and I were in there in the middle of the night one night and this entity, uh, was 
going from window to window to door to door just all around and it had never like been inside the vet lab before this oh. night uh-huh. it came inside this night and oh. uh, it turned off all of our power including our generator which our, de- our generator was strong enough to keep everything going so that if we were doing surgery um when the power went out, we could keep our animals safely under anesthesia. Right. Surgery, yeah. You know, so, so even that, it cut even that mm-hmm. off. And because wow. we were in there studying, we had the cats that were living on campus out just playing in the lab. And, um, when this thing came in and everything went off me and I just, we ran for our lives and we like got out of the lab, which like we knew now this spirit was in mm-hmm. and, um, we're just standing outside the lab looking in like, Oh my God, our car keys are in there. Uh-uh. Our school stuff is in there. Like the cats were at the door, like pawing to get oh, out. With no. like, oh no. God, it was, oh, so, no. it was like, it was energetically horrific. Uh, we felt so yeah. bad leaving. What do you court. think it was? It's this nasty, nasty spirit. And I don't like to talk about her too much. Cause I, I believe in the whole giving them uh power thing by mm-hmm. talking about them, but she mm-hmm. was nasty. Like she was the type of spirit that likes to know that she can make you see her when you don't want to okay so she was an earthbound do you feel she was earthbound yeah um either earthbound or able to even slip into lower dimensions and come back like that nasty yeah all right well that's scary that's not that's (laughs) i I don't i would not like to use my abilities for that yeah yeah there's a a lot of there's a lot of practice in my protection shields that i put up for myself okay yeah all right excellent Yay. All right. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Anything you want to cover? Anything you want to get into? You want to tell people? Are you, do you, um, are you doing this? Well, you're, you're, you're the RVT, um, but do you plan on doing this, you know, on the side or starting a business or anything like that, that you want us to talk about with, with, uh, with our listeners? I actually don't. Um, I, I'm one of those people that really enjoys just showing up, clocking in, doing what I do and going home. Nice. <laughs> I nice. like my work to stay at work. And, and I do, um, I do have on call nights where I have to be available 5 PM to 6 AM in case I have to go mm-hmm. in and help them do a C-section to get puppies out. If a mom's not doing well giving birth, but, um, I know ahead of time when those nights are going to be. Um, so I can just be at home and not make any plans and, you know, those are just my chill nights. We're going to do some laundry and cook some dinner. Like nice. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 So mm-hmm. aside from that, like I, I just really like having that part of my life be over there in Santa Fe. <laughs> yes. sure. Yeah. Um, but I do have one fun fact to yeah. share with everybody. It's one of my favorite, favorite things to like ponder. Um, I've heard Joe say like, questions for God, what I'm going to ask God when I make it to the other side, my question for God (laughs) is something that, um, (laughs) scientists can't figure out about kitties. They don't know how cats purr. They don't know like physiologically what is happening to make a cat purr. We don't know what organ we don't know. Like if it's something they're doing like just with their voice, like we just don't know. And I think that's fascinating. Like, (laughs) and there's yeah. a bunch of different types of purrs that people don't know about. The The main type of purr that people think about is um, like when a, a cat is happy and content and they're just sitting like on their human's lap and they're just purring away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's also like a purr for if they're in pain or, or if their human is in pain, even if it's just like emotional pain and they're crying, like mm-hmm. it's a different vibration. Huh. It's different frequency. And yeah. there's, um, a very high vibrational purr when it's a baby to the mom. Oh like, yeah. It's like a more urgent purr. It gets the mom's attention faster. Uh, <laughs> so I think that's, I think that's really cool and interesting. And I really like, that's my one thing I would love to figure out one day. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that is very cool. And cats are ancient. They go way back, right. To the Pharaohs and totally. Egypt and being honored and you know, yeah, cats are, cats are cool. Yeah, love cats. Yeah. I love That's cats. That's a cool fact. They're fun. That's awesome. All right. Well, I think that's all I had. I didn't have anything else. How about you, Joe? No, uh, no. I'm just. Uh, yeah, it was a fun conversation. Getting into getting into a different aspect of animal communication. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. Yay. Thank you so much for everything you shared with us. No, thank, thank you for you. having me on, you guys.
You're so welcome. Right. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. All right. That was great. Joe, do you have anything for us on the closing vibe today? Uh, you know, I do. I do. I just want to talk a little bit about that full moon and lunar eclipse. Um, we have one in Taurus on November 19th, and um, it is the beginning of eclipse season. All right. Now, um, you all know that I'm not like big into astrology as far as a knowledge base, but I do. I love the lunar phases. That is where I am have the most interest. And so what I love about eclipse season is that it amplifies energies and then it shows us where we might be resisting, you know, the changes that are like already underway. Okay. So the changes from the lunar cycle prior, um, where you made intentions and now it's time to, um, it's showing us like what we need to release. So it, the moon is cool. I just think that it's so cool how it actually works with, um, our soul blueprint to help elevate it or slow it down or whatever. Yeah. Um, now uh, eclipse season and full moons can also make our emotions a little crazy. Um, you know, so, um, it's a really good reminder that we are the only ones that are responsible for our emotions and our reactions to any and all energies, right? Nothing outside of us is more powerful than our own will. So it's a really good reminder yeah. that we get to decide. Um, it's also this deeper invitation or an invitation to look deeper into all of the layers. So even though it shows us something, um, it says, oh, you know, maybe I'm triggered by this, right? But then mm -hmm. you start peeling the onion, right? Doing the shadow work around it. And then that helps. And it's just the lunar energy just supports that going deeper. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, this has come up in a lot of readings, um, you know, just in the last week. And I mean a lot. Uh -huh. and, and because everyone is different, I urge everyone to get out your tarot, your, your tarot. Hey, that's a good word. I'll use that together. Hey. Get out your tarot decks um, and ask your guides to help you see what you need to know um, in order to travel through this, this lunar energy as easily as possible. Doesn't mean that they're going to take your, um, you know, your challenges away, but it just means that you can say, okay, you know, whatever's coming, help, help me experience it with ease, um, and, you know, grace and openness and all that stuff. So hopefully it won't, you won't resist it so hard and it'll yeah. just feel easier. Um, yeah. and then again, um, you know, this full moon energy, you know, they help us cultivate that self-awareness and then the ability to see what empowers and triggers us. So that's another reason that they're very powerful. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, the last thing is that it sort of moves this accelerated timeline in, but it also, um, it's like it gives us the support, but it's in a very gracious way. The universe is like, you have to learn this lesson and it might suck a little bit, but we're going to give you everything that you need in it. So it doesn't feel as um, like rough and tumble as like the last couple weeks have. Like what, what month was it where it just felt like we were being constantly attacked by the moon's energy. It's like a couple, it was a couple <laughs> cycles ago. Was that around Mercury? Oh, early. I think that's when most, that's when most people were complaining yeah. in early October. Uh, yeah. 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 I know I was struggling in, in, um, late, no late September, early October. So yeah. yeah that's mm. when it was. Oh my God. Probably had an emotional breakdown. <laughs> so important um, but anyway that's it that's all I really wanted to talk about is just using this energy there's lots of good resources and stuff out there so google or um, you know check out the articles on your favorite you know websites or um, news news mm -hmm. sources so and I always recommend the um, sanctuary app. yes I love that one I have it I use it if you yeah, if you want to see where the eclipse will will hit um, in, in your birth chart, that's a good place to start. It's a good app to have when people ask you, like, hey, what are your placements? And you're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Just all you need is your birthday and your birth time, and it'll calculate everything for you. And it is a fun app, and it gives you other things, too. What else can you get on there? Like, it, it gives you, like, three or four things you can just immediately. Oh, as far as your horoscope? Yeah, because it gives you your, your regular, like, your sun sign. It gives you your 
rising sign. Yeah. And you can also get a tarot card for the day. And then it'll give you like, you know, news based off of the star, the placements of the stars. And this is not an ad, but if um, Sanctuary wants to pay us, we're and, here. And we'll talk the shit up <laughs> about your ad, your, your app. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a cool app, though, guys. It is. It really is. All right, guys. <clears throat> well, um, if oh, do you want to close it? You'd start with that one. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, you can find us on all the socials under Esoterics Podcast, and be sure to join our Facebook community, the Esoterics Group, where you'll hear firsthand about our services and events and courses, um, as well as getting intuitive development tips and card pulls and free meditations and all sorts of really cool stuff. Yeah. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please share with a friend. It would mean the world to us. If you haven't done so already, please go give us a star rating and a short little review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us a lot. Um, Sharing our podcast, whether it's through Facebook or Insta, it can be as simple as just sharing a screenshot in your stories. And please don't forget to tag Right. We love those tags. They're fun. Thank you for sharing space with us today. Stay mystical, magical, and ready to do it again after the Thanksgiving holiday in two weeks. We're going to take a week off when we'll be talking about everyday magic. Perfect. All right, guys. Bye. Bye. See you later.